0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mobile Minutes Episode 6. I'm with Eric Suffert. Hi, Eric. Hey, Oriel, How are you? Welcome back from vacation. <laughs> Not vacation. I was traveling for work. <laughs> but, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm back, and uh, we, we've been absent for, uh, for a few days. Um, actually, it gave me the opportunity to, to catch up with the news. And um, Although today we're going to talk about ad fraud um, as the main topic, I wanted to do a quick follow-up. On, uh, on the topic we addressed last time, which was ad blocking. And um, did you see the, um, the, the the conference, I mean, the report by Mary Meeker?
1: Yes, yes, always, uh, always a must read every year. Yeah, it's it's
0: a huge presentation, uh, it's like 200 slides. Each of them is super dense, lots of information. And uh, one of the topics you addressed was uh, ad blocking. And it opened my eyes on on something actually I think we missed in our our, uh, our conversation. Um, it looks like ad blocking is actually massive in uh, in Asia and in India um, I'm not sure what are the reasons especially on mobile and it's like order of magnitude way more important than here in Western uh, Western countries uh, uh, do, do you have insight on on why this is happening I mean I have I may have a couple of ideas but I'm not sure
1: I mean, my my guess is that it has to do with just the cost of data, right? Um, And there are a lot of big fundamental differences in use patterns um, between kind of Western Europe and and North America and India as a result of that. Um, You know, because data is just relatively, really expensive there.
0: That's a good point. I didn't think about that. I was more thinking, because I traveled a few times to Asia, to how uh, ads look there and and, uh, how annoying they are compared to uh to, to Europe and the US, where we, we already think they are annoying, but there it's it's really, really uh terrible, like it's really wild west over there. And and indeed they must consume a lot of your attention, but also a lot of your data. So which is a, a critical point. And the interesting thing is that um ad blockers are a lot more popular over there uh, like multiple of times w- what they are here in, in Europe and the other reason i thought was um because simply android adoption android adoption is is uh, a lot higher there and um ad blockers are um the system wide ad blocker are uh, easily set on on a, more easily set on android than on on ios mm, that's a good point yeah so, um, so it's interesting. I don't know if, if, uh, how ad networks are addressing that there, but, but the reality is that mobile ad blocking at a global scale, not just at uh, the scale that we know here in Western countries is, is, is massive and it's growing at an alarming rate. And, um, I, I don't think we are at the end of it, but it's, it was worth, uh, you know, addressing that and reminding uh, this, this aspect. So if you want to, Look more, go check the, the Mary Meeker uh, 2016 presentation and Google it, you, you'll find it. And, uh, I can't remember the number of the slide, but, uh, you, you you'll, you'll get there. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, what are we co- talking about today, uh, Eric?
1: Today the topic is ad fraud, uh, mobile ad fraud, to be specific, um, which to me is uh, it's 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 timely because I just actually today, or actually about thirty minutes ago, got home from the uh, Adjust Mobile Spray event, uh, and sort of the main topic of that event uh, in Berlin, uh, the main topic of that event was ad fraud. Um, so heard a lot of good talks about it, and I, I, I gave a talk myself, um, and it, it's 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 definitely becoming uh, a really relevant thing for for mobile marketers.
0: What what um, how did you or how how did how did you define ad fraud or how was ad fraud defined in that in that event and what is it for you? So
1: I, I can I can tell you what it is for me because um, you know everybody kind of presented a, a different sort of version of the definition. Um, for me, there's kind of two principle types, um, and in my presentation, I, I kind of, uh, I, I labeled them as like, just basically like breach of contract with the, the breach of the contract between the ad network and um, the advertiser, and then just like outright fraud, like, like uh, you know, fraudulent traffic, like non-existent traffic or, or illegitimate traffic that's being sent to an app. So that's kind of the two buckets I use. Um, so both of them are, are definitely like fraudulent, just like fraudulent behavior, but I think one is kind of uh, more nefarious than the other, right? So like the, the sort of illegitimate traffic thing um, is more harmful and more nefarious generally than the sort of just breach of contract stuff.
0: I see. And, and so how uh, important is that uh, ad fraud in the industry? I mean, what is the estimate of the the, uh, the traffic or the fraudulent traffic, whatever is form is, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, today in the, in the industry how is it estimated
1: so I can only kind of go by personal experience I don't have any sort of statistics at the ready but it really varies from country to country um, so I think in like Western countries you'd expect that it could be between five and ten percent of your of your traffic is, is kind of fraudulent um, but then I think somebody said at this event uh, that like one in three clicks in China is fraudulent so that you know dramatically impacts how you can spend money, right? I mean, if, if you know, even 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 the five to ten percent level is is uh, you know significant in terms of like when when you're thinking about pricing your bids. I mean, that 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 could eat all of your margin up um, when you have to back that out.
0: So, so let's let's take the point of view of someone who don't know much, you know, uh, the advertising um, ecosystem, the value chain of of, of advertising, where. Where does that happen and, and how does that happen? I mean, you know, who, who is responsible for that? Who are the guys who are doing this? And is, are there ways to detect that? And and uh, how can you realize that a campaign has been fraudulently served?
1: So the, the people doing it are, are doing it. Purposefully, right? I mean, they're doing it. They're, this is a business. It's like the uh, something like eight billion dollars uh, is the kind of size of the impact of ad fraud on the on mobile advertising market. And so, it's it's at the level of scale where it's a, a, a business. People are doing this, and they're making money on it. Um, so I, there's a couple of different ways. So I, I can kind of go bucket by bucket, right? So the first bucket was just a breach of contract and these are just networks, um, being negligent, either being negligent or being, you know, pur- purposefully, uh, um, you know, violating the terms of your contract. So if you say, okay, I only want, I like, um, you know, I only want to run a campaign in the U S uh, on these devices, and then they actually open that up, and they send you different devices, and they send you traffic from like Canada or, or China or wherever. Um, that's that's a violation of the term of the contract. But you're getting real people. I mean, you're getting real people clicking on your ads and installing your app. It's just not the people that you wanted. Um, and then the kind of on the other side of that, which is like the illegitimate traffic thing, that's like bot farms. I don't know. Did you see that pic? There was a really funny picture that was going around a while back of like a woman in China. In like some warehouse, and she just had like this station set up with like thirty iPads. Oh
0: yeah, I've se- I've seen it. It's been it's been quite viral. Uh, so this is what they call bot farms over there. So you know you, there are two ways to run them. I, I remember in, in the days. I think I think it's it's kind of disappeared now, but it's still running. But basically, you have services who are hiring uh, hundreds of uh, of people that pay them money. Uh, and they bring them to some kind of place and they can download apps from, uh, from tens of devices, hundreds of devices, and they have uh, multiple iTunes or Android accounts and they can do that at scale. And then you have also the automated uh, kind of approach like where they simulate the download from a virtual uh, you know, simulated uh, session uh, on a computer and they do that at scale. Uh, but yeah yeah it's it's uh it's it's, uh, it's it's quite uh alarming and most of them are in china
1: right yeah i would i would imagine so i i think you're right i think it's not so prevalent anymore um at least not you know these like you know your workstation with 50 ipads and and then you know, you know whatever switch counts i think that that's not as um as much of a phenomenon anymore but but what's happening now is it's all, you know, the, the sort of bots are, are, are sort of like uh, digital, right? So like, and what, what networks will do, right? So now everybody works with an attribution partner, right? To attribute the, the installs that they buy via ad campaigns. And these are these are companies like Adjust and Tune and Coachava and flyer mm-hmm. So what networks are doing now is they're basically pulling, they're, they're going through their sort of like history of IDFAs that they've seen and, um, in their ecosystem. And then they're just sort of like randomly taking those IDFA's and they're they're spamming the different attribution partners with fake clicks on the idea, with, with the IDFA's, right? So they're basically faking a click from these IDFA's that they're aware of. And then what happens is if that person who owns the device with that IDFA then downloads some app later, even even on their own or uh, like you know, they they, they just organically find it in the app store, they saw a TV ad and they, they pull it up on their phone and they download it. Most of the networks uh, or the attribution partners have like 30 day look back. Most networks have 30 day look back so they can actually claim that install. Even though the person never clicked the ad, They, they just that, that click was, was basically fraudulent. Um, but the attribution partner will think they did and they'll attribute that install that came about completely organically to that uh, network and the network will claim the install and then charge.
0: And is there a way to 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 detect those behavior with the attribution partner? Do do they provide some insights on on how much of the traffic is actual uh, actually real? And is there a connect between the attribution provider and the actual way the campaign or the ad campaign was programmed and
1: ordered? Yeah, there can be, but the thing is, a lot of this stuff is a black box to developers, right? So some of the attribution uh, partners do this. Um, so I just, just talked about their, their fraud prevention suite. I, I, I'm only really familiar with that one. I I don't mean to, um, single them out for any reason. I just, I'm only familiar with them. I've only worked with them. Um, but the thing is on a developer side, I mean, it's just, it's kind of impossible to see that this stuff is happening. So it's, it's kind of impossible to even know that this kind of fraud is taking place because only the sort of networks and the attribution partners have like that kind of clear, a view of the of the data, right? So I mean if you're just a developer and you're not aware that this stuff is happening I mean you just see your campaigns performing really poorly, and that's it So so let's take a
0: campaign uh, That is promoting a mobile app. I guess you can you could see that a source of traffic is Generating download but actually no usage at all like in proportion compared to other type of campaigns So I guess you could isolate buckets of, of campaigns and say well this provider is actually you know bringing a suspicious traffic because m- most of my campaigns are generating i would say an example uh, you know 30 percent active uh, u- uh, users after the download and that one provides me one you know, percent so the, the difference is, is is massive so you, you could the doubt raises and, and the suspicion is very strong over there i mean there's no proof but it's it's a strong proxy
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's thats kind of the only sort of tool that most developers have in their toolbox. But I mean, the thing is, the networks are savvy, right? So they won't send you, uh, you know, a, a, a cohort that's entirely fraudulent. They'll kind of mix in this fraudulent traffic oh, um, nice. <laughs> at, at, a, at a level that's not that perceptible, right? And that's, that's, that's where this gets really tricky. That's very smart. I mean,
0: and it's kind of uh, it reminds me the uh, kind of the uh, the security industry where hackers always try to hack things, and security solutions come up, but hackers come with new stuff. It 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 sounds like it's about the same kind of pattern where where the ad hackers are always trying their way in and, and we will find will you outsmart whatever attribution or fraud detection is is in place and it sounds like it's growing and growing and they're not reducing and reducing.
1: Yeah, I mean because the size of the mobile advertising industry is 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 expanding all the time right so i mean there's just a bigger opportunity every year for these people to make money on this stuff
0: and would you say that on the mobile web it's worse than on mobile apps like mobile app is more difficult because there are, there are sandbox softwares versus the web that is more open and you can b- virtually do anything
1: um yeah sh- you, you could say that i mean y- you know you have the the forced redirects on the web which is really annoying and and it, it, it it's really hard to uh to sort of identify, right? Like it's 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 hard to track back to a specific um, network because just because the way that advertising works on the web um, and the way it's you know served and 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 like kind of programmatically served. Um, I I don't know that I think because I think one of the biggest issues here though is that and the reason this exists and the reason the conditions exist for this to happen um, is the black box nat- black box nature of downloading an app, right? That whole that whole uh, journey from click to install and why all data gets lost as soon as you open up the App Store Google Play. Mm-hmm. I think that just creates the conditions for this kind of fraud, right? Because the only way then to sort of measure campaign ROI and do all the things you need to do to be a performance marketer is to basically hack all these things, right? I mean that's what attribution is. It's like a terrible hack. I mean, not, the providers are all very good at what they do but the fact that you have to do it in the first place is a hack. Like, I have to fingerprint a device so that when they come into the game, I, I can sort of, like, be, you know, statistically confident that that's the same person. Like, why can't they just give, you, give pass-through parameters to the, on, on the App Store and Google Play? I mean, that would just solve all this stuff.
0: I, I agree. I mean, the fact that mobile apps are sandboxed and are downloadable software, let remember that is, is making things more complicated. Um, I, I will tell you one thing I've seen personally. Uh, I won't name the network. Um, but, uh, but I know who it is. Um, I've seen once a campaign for, um, um, for a very popular app, uh, on another app. And so it was a banner, you had to click it. So you're clicking on it. And typically when you click on a banner, it redirects you, uh, to the app store to download this promoted app. So there's two ways to do that. You either, uh, you know um, invoke the app store overlay so it, it opens within the app and you just download it right there or you go through mobile uh, So mobile Safari and then the redirect happens in mobile Safari. So in that case it was going through uh, Mobile Safari So I was going through the mobile Safari and then right after mobile Safari is going to the app store to the to the app until then No problem at all, but what happened in mobile Safari the ad network was actually loading Uh, and and, and another page right there to promote other apps that were completely unrelated, casino apps, uh, unrelated to the one that was promoted there. So the end result is that you were going to download that app and you were coming to mobile Safari and you were discovering that new page promoting other ads for um, other apps for playing casino. So the ad network was making extra money on the back of the advertiser um, and uh, I, I thought it was it was incredibly malicious and and terrible. It's just one example I've seen others, but it's it, it shows just how much the fact of downloading an app can lead you to several <laughs> options on how the ad can be you know fraudulent uh, and, and harm both the advertiser uh, although not directly. And uh, and but here also mostly
1: the user. That's so shady. I mean, no, we could probably fill an entire podcast with examples of sh- shady behavior from some of these some of these hucksters. Yeah, but, I mean, but uh, uh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, no I, I was I was just wondering, you know, on your experience, is there anything that can be done to to minimize? I don't think you can prevent it, but to minimize the risk of fraud.
1: Um, yeah, so that was kind of what my, what my talk was about. I, I, I kind of approached it from, so I mean, you know, there's these t- tool providers that are creating these like wonderful technology solutions to, to sort of like um, statistically identify likely fraudulent traffic and that's great, right? I mean, that's, these are dedicated teams that have a lot of expertise in this. That's well beyond the scope of what most mobile app developers can do on their own, right I mean and they shouldn't be doing that. a mobile app developer shouldn't be building this basically fraud detection system. Um, so my talk was kind of about you know how do you how do you how do you preempt this stuff um, just with the tools that you have available to you, which are you know sort of like business sense and your ability to craft a contract between. Uh, yourself in the network, right? So, mm-hmm. wh- you know, I, I kind of identified a couple things, right? So you can basically set, you know, like like you were discussing, like set quality thresholds. So you say, okay, if if you give me a cohort and the day one retention is less than 25%, I'm not paying for it. Like that wasn't quality traffic. Um, you know, I don't think that you're serving me the traffic that that we sort of agreed upon in spirit. And so I'm putting this in the contract, uh, as a means of just not paying for that. and um, so that's an option. And then you can do yeah, the, the same the, thing. The, with- the
0: problem, just hold on here, but the, the problem of doing that is that the network could say, well, my friend, if your cohort uh, is less than 25%, it may be because your app is not worth it, right? So it, I think it's difficult to accept that unless you have a very strong argument and on 100 AVA networks, you have way more than 25%. You see what I mean?
1: Yeah, yes. Yeah. So you You would have to back that up with like... Your proof that your app generally has like 50% day one retention something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. What, what um, else do you see? And then there, you know, you could do the same thing with the sort of uh, Download to open ratio, right? So if you have like a really high Percent and so the thing is a lot of the stuff it'll happen like in a spike like intermittently, right? so the, that's that's kind of how you can squeeze these terms in because Um, let's say that, you know, normally your, your download to open ratio is 90%. So 90% of the people that download the app end up opening it and 10% just delete it. Um, and then one day it drops to 40. Well then that's probably some fraudulent traffic. I mean, it's just bots or something. Um, or it's incentivized traffic that you didn't want. So, um, and you, you can word these, I mean, you can be flexible about how you word it. So maybe you don't say there's a hard number, but you say if the, the, the deviation, the day-to-day deviation is more than like 50%, then it's. I don't, I don't pay.
0: Is there a like, more meta um, attitude to have saying, well, let's not buy traffic from ad networks that are not, um, in a way, trusted or recommended by others? Like, I'm mean, going to take an extreme example. It's unlikely that buying ads on Facebook is going to generate fraudulent traffic or on, on Twitter or on. On Google, because those are branded ad networks where you know exactly where the traffic is coming from. If you're buying from uh, what's called a blind ad network, though, you know, it's it's harder to 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 trust the source unless it's been recommended by peers. Um, what would be your your recommendation on how to choose the the ad networks that are safer to use in a way?
1: Well, I, that's exactly it. I mean, talk to people. And, and there are some that have like sterling reputations, right? But you, you, you are positive that, you know, any campaign you run on them is going to be sort of like, maybe not fraud free, but it's, it's going to have like a low level of fraud. Um, and that's, and they're, they're, those are the ones that are doing really well, by the way. I mean, the ones that are, you know, basically defrauding their customers aren't doing well generally. And, and you see that. I mean, there was a, uh, a, a sort of fire sale today. That got announced. Yes. Uh, You're talking about the,
0: uh, about, the, about the one that's in the news?
1: Yeah, the one that's in the news. Well, and we that, can, that, yes. That one particular network didn't have a great reputation. So, I mean, you know, th- this it, it's good business to, to not defraud your customers and make them want to evan- evangelize you. So, I mean, that's, that's just the problem with, you know, going down this path. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and, and the thing is, UA managers talk. I mean, th- this is like a, a small. There's a small group of people, especially in gaming, but but even across the app ecosystem. I, I mean, I probably know the sort of head of UA at most of the big top, say 40 downloaded apps. And and you know there there's chat forums, there's Slack groups. I mean, pe- pe- and, and you know there's conferences where you see these people all the time. People talk. I mean, this gets out. And you know, just, if you defraud somebody, I mean, you're, you you've got to understand that. Probably everybody in the industry is going to hear about that.
0: So, so to, to summarize, and especially for developers, who don't have the access to all these people yet. Uh, you would recommend, and I do too. I agree completely. To don't just rely on technological solutions. You know, the best way to prevent fraud is to make yourself aware of who the players are, are your peers are working with them, all the IP, and and overall, this is already a major step towards preventing any issue.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I think the smaller developers too, I mean, I, I, I heard of a case, my, my buddy is doing consulting for a company and, and he, uh, you know, he, he's like, hey, my, my client just did their first ever UA test and it looks like half the traffic was fraudulent, how could that be? And I was like, what was the network? And they, he told me and I was like, oh, okay, that, that explains it. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're just starting UA, start on Facebook. Just, just make it simple.
0: So, so two additional things. I mean, one you already said, but, but it's good to remind him, is of course, don't run ad campaigns uh, without an attribution solution. Um, that's very important. And if an ad network... Tells you that they're not able to work with an attribution solution, then there is a high level of suspicion you should have there. Um, so I would say that uh, avoid those ad networks who ask you to trust them and to rely on the, their traffic source and not able to use your traffic, your attribution solution. And number two, be a, be um, be a, be worried about ad networks who have extremely aggressive prices uh, compared to the uh, to to the market. And when if someone, uh, you know, guarantees you any sorts of high volume for app downloads at a very low price, you know, and today a download would be somewhere between, you know, one and uh, three, four dollars. But if anyone you know, guarantees you high volume at zero point something dollars, then something is very suspicious there. And, uh, you know, don't jump on the temptation to, to get quick results at a cheap price. It's probably mean, it probably means that you're going to get, you know, crap results. So I would say, you know, those are also two good reflexes you have.
1: Yeah, for sure. Just, yeah, just in, in general, be skeptical. Always be skeptical. I mean, this is, this is still the Wild West. I mean, things, things have improved a lot in the last year or two, uh, three years um, with respect to the kind of professionalism and, and the general integrity of, of the, the players in this ecosystem. I, I mean, they've improved a lot. Um, but still, it is still uh, un- basically unregulated. It's still kind of like full of a lot of shady people that are just looking to make money quickly um, and they'll do that you know, by any means they can.
0: Yeah, and then there is also the video space where, um, you know, uh, unlike app download, which is complicated because, you know, you have to click a button and then click another one and then install and then wait. Video can be, um, you know, it doesn't require an install, can even be autoplayed. And there, on um, you know, the viewability metrics can be quickly gained, uh, very easily gained. So I'm not extremely familiar with those. I mean... I, I'm an investor in one of the largest art networks, which is Teads, and I uh, call Teads, and I know they have a, a huge part of their company dedicated to that, to, to anti-fraud, but I, I know it's m- much, much easier to, you know, as a publisher, to hosting those video ads, to, to game how a video is viewed, and, 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 and here you have to be party, extra, extra um, cautious about, about how you, uh, you run your campaigns.
1: Yeah, and especially with the autoplay stuff, you've got to be you've got to be very conscious of the terms and the, the definitions of like a view, right? So, I mean, I think on Facebook it's like five seconds. So if you saw if you watched up to five seconds of the video, then that was a completed view. Um, and so, if you're paying on CPM, which, which you are, then that's what you paid for. So that's right. But
0: but but here it's more the understanding of of how the ad is priced rather than the fraud itself. I mean, I, I don't think you know i don't think this is exactly the same topic although you're right you have to be aware of how this is priced and because this is view it's you know you get charged very on a different way versus you know an app download which is usually charged on a, on a cost per install but uh, but the but the, the way videos are run because they're just like playable players you know that were run, running in an app or in a browser um, you know, they can be triggered by uh, virtually anything and a and, uh, multiple number of times. So it's, it's very easy to, 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 to generate artificial views of, of a video and, and get lost in the numbers.
1: Uh, yes, yes. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and there, are, there are actually some, I've heard of some, some different things that people have done to like have videos running in the background sort of, and then they, they got paid uh, for the views even though the, the person never saw a video.
0: Yeah. So that's where companies like Moat and others are important because they are third party guarantees of the, what's been called the viewability scoring. The fact that people act, have actually seen you, real people have actually seen videos, uh, a, a, a significant percent of the time. Um, and, and I think, you know, the same way attribution partners are important for app installs. Campaigns, um, uh, viewability partners are important for uh, for video campaigns. So so don't run video campaign without a, a viewability partner.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think all, as this t- the this t- this sort of like mobile ad space just grows and grows and grows every year. I mean, you are seeing a lot of like out of necessity a lot of these um, like sub industries emerge that are basically there to just protect advertisers, which is a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing that that, that exists and people have recourse to these kind of tools. Um, but it's also like, a, I think it's a sign of, of the scale, right? I mean, this, this, a sign of the growth of this, of this space um, is, is that, you know, you have entire sub industries, you know, uh, basically emerging from nothing like that, that, you know, wouldn't, you know, exist only to sort of serve the, the broader uh, integrity of the, the ecosystem.
0: The dark internet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. you have anything else to, uh, to say about that topic? I mean, it's a very broad one, but uh, if you have any more things. No, no, I think I'm tapped out. All right. So talk to you next week. Yep. See you soon.